The lesson there, you know, is really do what's right. We could have just sat there and done nothing. We could have just been so narrow focused on what our mission was at the time. Yeah. We would have missed that. And um, I'm glad we didn't. Hello, I'm Prasesh Chohan and earlier this year I turned 40 and I wanted to do something meaningful alongside all of the celebrating. So I decided to ask my community to support me in helping an underprivileged community and give them a small yet transformative boost. This is how the Rainbow Boosters project was born. In sharing the idea with people, I realized that we all know of a teacher, a family member, a friend, an author or a singer that has made a profound impact on our life. I wanted to create a space where we can share those stories. So welcome to the Rays of Sunshine series. In the first episode of Rays of Sunshine, we spoke to Navnat Shinde, heard his amazing story and discussed our partnership in this project. On this last episode of the season, I'm really excited to welcome Ray Kimball, founder and chairman of the Kuma Foundation, a dear friend and the third partner in making Kuma Labs and the Rainbow Boosters project a reality. Ray and I met almost a decade ago and have worked together, become friends, and over the last years have been avid supporters of each other. We have worked hard together and partied hard together across the world. And as you'll hear in this episode, we came together to make a real difference in another community. I took this idea of Rainbow Boosters to Ray because he's built an incredible team and foundation, the Kuma Foundation. They believe that all kids deserve a chance at a high-tech future and are committed to ensuring that all students, regardless of their gender, race or zip code, have access to essential STEAM skills, that science, technology, engineering, arts and maths. Their programs are designed to empower kids with the tools that they'll need to succeed in the 21st century. And hopefully you can already see how we share similar values and why this partnership works so well on so many levels. This is the last episode in this season of Rays of Sunshine. Thank you for all the support, comments and feedback. I hope you've enjoyed our conversations and I hope you enjoy this one too. Hi Ray, how are you? Great, how are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Uh, thanks for jumping on. Um, where are you right now in the world? So I'm currently in Virginia. So, uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a distance from you. Yeah, a little bit. Well, luckily, technology meant that we can have this conversation. Can you tell us who is your ray of sunshine? Who is the person or the teacher that's had the biggest impact on your life, and how did they help shape your future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great question. Um, and so I struggle with this one actually. <laughs> so um, I, there are so many people that have like impacted my life in different ways, including you. Um, but you know, I guess if I'm always going to fall back on one, you know, it's probably my grandma. Um, and you know, my grandma, she's passed now, but she is uh, Japanese. So not a lot of people know that about me. I'm about a quarter Japanese. Um, some folks know that like you, but um, my grandma is 100% Japanese. And, and with that, you know, brought this kind of, um, I think really drove my work ethic. Uh, you know, she, the Japanese culture tends to, you know, be kind of quiet, understated, confident, you know, respectful. Um, you know, it has these certain characteristics and qualities that really stick with me and hardworking. And, you know, she was never kind of given anything. Um, in fact, I imagine, you know, her life was probably pretty hard back then. Um, that she kind of hid from us a little bit. And so that's always, I, I don't talk about it a lot. And I don't kind of acknowledge it a lot, but you know, when your question really kind of made me think about it and um, I just keep falling back on her. And, and that's one of the reasons why we've named, you know, the Kuma cybersecurity company, the, the Kuma uh, for-profit, as well as the Kuma foundation, the nonprofit Kuma. Mm -hmm. So Kuma is actually Japanese for bear. 
And that's drives into the logo and it drives into how we run the organizations and how it's set up and the characteristics of the Japanese culture we try to bring into um, how we run Kuma, the Kuma properties. <laughs> so um, that's really, I think if I were gonna sum up kind of the key ray of sunshine that's always been there, I would definitely be my grandma. Nice. I didn't I didn't know it went that far. So I know that when when we talked about the company name that it comes from those origins, but I didn't realize it was because of your grandma. So I'm I'm also learning something new, which is great. And actually knowing you and knowing the team, the way you've articulated that is it makes so much sense. I see it in everything that you guys do and and how you turn up as well. So um it is it is significant in in I guess your identity as a company and individual. So powerful that um that stayed and, and that's become such a big part of your life. Kind of leading into that, I you know, I tell the story in different places of the calls I made in exploring bringing this project to life and um alongside our friendship, which is such a important and valuable and beautiful thing to me. Um, I called you because you, you know, you've got those years of experience in this foundation space um with the Kuma Foundation. Can you tell everyone that's listening, you know, what it is that that foundation does and the work that you do there? Yeah, yeah. So we're really excited about the foundation. Um we start so Kuma started out as that for-profit organization. And for I would say roughly three years, you know, we operated as such, but we really wanted to do more. Uh, you know, the work that we were doing for private public companies was was great and empowering and it felt great. Um, but we also had this underlying need really to give back to the community. And I know that's kind of, um, you know, it's overstated sometimes in, in, in a way, but um, we did. So we kind of thought about what really drove us and motivated us. Um, and at its core, you know, Kuma has a lot of um, folks in the company that are really just educators and, and lifelong learners. And so we thought, okay, how do we, you know, how do we help, you know, how do we tap into that? And we landed on the foundation, which at its core, its mission is to help kids, actually just give kids a chance to succeed in the 21st century and to succeed with technology. And the pace of technology nowadays is just you know, dramatic and ever-changing. And not everybody is in the, you know, the position to take advantage of that or even be exposed to any of that until it's too late and they're kind of left behind. Um, even here in the United States, you know, we have millions of kids that don't access, you know, STEM or tech. So, which is surprising. Um, and when I say STEM, I mean, science, technology, engineering, yeah, actually add the A for STEAM, arts and math, you know, the full discipline, um, of STEM is really uh, an area that a lot of jobs are moving into. Um, when you think about those five disciplines, they're the highest paying jobs in the world, um, so it's important that you know these kids move up, and you know historically, unfortunately, when you think of STEM and those jobs, it's four-year universities, you know, it's, it's six-year universities, um, it's you know oh I I know I can break into that field because I have a close circle or I'm three degrees away or two degrees away or six degrees away from you know from people that are in that field. So it's very easy us for to comprehend to see it within reach and to go there and. Um, for a lot of kids, that's not the case. And like I said, there are millions of here in the U.S. that don't have that circle. They they see a job wreck. I mean, heck, I even see a job wreck, and I question if I'm qualified. You know? <laughs> and you know, it's so it's a hard space to break into. Yeah. And, and so, what we're trying to do is make sure that every kid, 
whether you go to a four-year university, six-year university or not, you're exposed to that technology as soon as possible and as early as possible so that, you know, maybe it's a fit. Maybe you're interested in one of those disciplines and maybe you're not. So the way that we do that is we set up these key kind of five, uh, four or five programs where we give educational training, web-based or in-person. And as those are your typical STEM activities that you know a lot of organizations do. Where we change is we really focus on introducing the child to somebody in that career. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, and with the power of tech, you can do that across the board. So you have even done videos for our kids here in the United States. So it's, you know, it's so powerful and it opens kids' eyes to not only an activity or a learning experience, but a person that's been there, done that. And, and it's, so it's, it's exciting. So we do that as well. And then as well as building labs, which we, you know, we did in India and we've been doing more in the United States. Yeah, so, um, that's, yeah. that's what really drives us. You know, that's the mission of the foundation. Yeah, you're, I think giving them that fighting chance ahead of time is is the thing that really stuck out for me. Um, and I guess I wanted to call out for you and the team, really, like you you all put yourselves uh, at a lot, a lot of risk during the COVID times. You know, that what you guys did as a foundation and turned up for people um, and just really getting out to support was unbelievable to watch from here. Just, I think it's just worth telling everyone about it because I found it amazing. Sure. Yeah. Um, gosh, that was, yeah, obviously that was a hard period for everybody. Um, the Akuma Foundation was going to kick off, you know, I would say three months, maybe no, not even three months, that was one month before COVID really impacted how we operated, um, how everybody operated. And, you know, our, our goal was to go into classrooms <laughs> and, and help schools, you know, um, with additional uh, learning and additional information. Uh, if they didn't have a STEM program, we were setting it up for them. Yeah. Um, you know, that hit, nobody was worried about how you're going to teach extra you know, information. It was more like, how do you keep the lights on? Yeah. Particularly for underserved communities. I mean, you know, they, they, it wasn't, oh yeah, let me figure out how to get my child to, you know, an additional class. Mm-hmm. It was, I just lost my job. Um, so the foundation pivoted hard. Um, we just threw the mission out the window and we said, what does the community need? Mm-hmm. Um, and we really focused on, yeah, we actually had a local grant here, roughly, you know, 50K or so. Within six weeks, it turned into half a million and, you know, it continued to go up from there. Um, and we were delivering uh, groceries. We were still providing classes here and there, but mostly groceries. We were offsetting missed rents, um, technology bills, uh, like the internet, TV, things that you know folks couldn't, we were just struggling to maintain over the months. Um, we worked with the local county and government to be able to provide um, thousands of families uh, with to get back on their feet. Um, and so, and then we shifted back, you know, luckily, you know, that work was, was strong and powerful. The foundation could not have done it without the community. I mean, we had restaurants in the area that were shut down, but opened their doors to keep all of our food, you know, cold and to maintain everything and storage. And then the community would line up and drive around and deliver this food. I mean, it was, uh, I get choked up just thinking about it. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, it was truly amazing. And um, 
and the the and we yeah and we so I think the lesson there you know is really do what's right you know like you know, we could have just sat there and done nothing we could have um you know played what was me you know how are we going to get these classes into the community and just been so narrow focused on what our mission was at the time yeah. we would have missed that and um and I'm glad we didn't you know yeah. I, it was it was just such an important part yeah thank you for sharing because you know there is there's misconceptions that help for underprivileged communities happens more in the east and actually there were everyone saw them on their doorsteps during that period of time and then there was those that looked out for themselves and those that looked out for others and i just know that you and the team really turned it around and you know were true rays of sunshine to people that really struggled in that period of time and that really needed support so yeah i think it's fitting that that you shared that on this uh series let me take you back uh quite a few months now and that that call i had with you and rosie and you know, I pitched this idea to you. What was it about Rainbow Boosters, even in those early stages? Because it was it evolved quite a lot from uh, where it started to what it became. But what was it around that that got you to partner with the campaign and essentially say to me, "I'm with you"? Like, what was it that you saw and felt that gave you that drive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying. I mean, no, it's it's true, and and you know. I have a saying that, you know, people, and this is actually not my saying, but it's one that uh, an old boss used to tell me, but people do business with people, not companies. Right. And in particular, people that you trust. So, you know, we've worked together over the years on different engagements and, you know, I, I know where your heart is. I know, you know, where your head is. I know, you know, your goals. Um, I know how we can creatively gel and, you know, and, and, and really turn out strong work and strong products. Um, and strong programs, you know, that are, and at the end of the day, they impact people. Yeah. They're not just a deliverable. And so, um, so when you called, um, one, I was, really, you know, pleased and honored and, and felt, you know, great. It made, made me feel good that you would reach out to me to have the conversation. It fit squarely in the, in, in the mission of the founding of, of the Kuma Foundation. So from that respect, that was a real easy, you know, kind of, uh, pitch and, and, and drive for the, for the, for the board, um, because it, it, it was exactly what we did. Um, launching a, what we launched is not easy as you know, probably even more than I do. Um, but you know, and, and, and so just being able to kind of partner on that and just drive that forward with you, um, was, was a no brainer from my standpoint. Like, I, mean, I I don't even think I blinked. Like, I mean, you said you wanted to do it. Let's go, <laughs> um, and let's figure out the way. And um, and so I, I was. That's what really drove me. I, I knew that you know you wanted to make it happen. I knew the Rainbow Boosters organization. You know, although you know different then than it is now, um, was still going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And, and so we wanted to be a part of it and be a part of the team. I just, yeah. I mean, I love I love hearing those things and get fuzzy feels when. Um, when I hear people around me talk about things that we do together, it's a really special thing. But I just want to underline something that I talk to a lot of people around um, because that that statement of, I, I, I said yes before I blinked, is this whole thing of surrounding yourself with people that you trust, that you feel that you can do something with. And, you know, I feel that we have always been a prime example of that. So when I tell people that or they're trying to figure some stuff out I'm saying that's what you need to do surround yourself with people that just make you feel that way from the go-get 
um, and and get you. And, and I think what helps with that means that when the next thing comes along, you don't have to do all of the foundational understanding, relationship building. You guys are just together and moving through the waves and troughs of each other. And, you know. Look, you're hitting a topic that I think we probably is a little off script here, <laughs> but trust. Like there's a book out there called The Seven Pillars of Trust, I think. I forget who wrote it. Um, but trust equals speed, right? Like, you know, and, and trust isn't just this 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 term. It's earned. You, know, you have to maintain it. You yeah. know, you have to per persistently provide a consistent experience, you know, and and to create that trust. And um, but what you just said is spot on. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel you don't have to go back to the drawing board you don't have to um you know make a, a, a long pitch you know you don't have to um yeah you don't have to do all those things so yeah. you can jump right into the engagement and, and start producing and impacting you know your audience and that's key i, I love that you picked up on that because i could go on forever on that topic <laughs> it's, it's so important and, and i think it is one of the uh reasons why we were able to do all the things that we did from different parts of the world uh, and and have you know the success that we have in Rainbow Boosters and Kuma Labs because it's built on from that place and I think that is such an important part and when we talked about replicating and when we talked about doing other things with other people it's a component that we you know we have to be conscious about because if you don't have that in the mix you know between you myself and Navi we had this real strong bond and if you don't have that in the mix it causes all sorts of problems so I, I think it's a it is a real uh highlight of of my experience and yours um i wanted to it, it it is related i wanted to tap into it a little bit you know you and i have worked together on quite significant international events um which has taken us to all, all of the corners of the world and there is always a certain buzz and thrill around those things you know the the volumes of people the cities you're in yeah. some of the work sometimes as well is uh, can be thrilling but there was a unique type of feeling that in both the build-up and the opening of the Kuma Labs that I personally hadn't experienced before. How was it for you? I know personally from speaking to you, but you know, can you articulate how it was for you and share your experience in that? Because I feel it was unique to what we do in 99% of our day and work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of, you know, for me, I mean, the, it was such a powerful experience. Um, and for me, it was because it was not in, not in the United States. It was not, it was not in our backyard. Um, and so with that came, you know, just all different kinds of you know, feelings and, and, and challenges and wins, really. Um, but then I kind of thought deeper. I was like, okay, well, why though? Why did this feel different than some of the other projects? Um, one is that this was, this, you know, was, when we've worked for big companies, we both have, and you know that brings positives and negatives. Um, and what that really brings, though, is a structure. You know, it brings budget, it brings um, resources, it brings this this implicit kind of mm, you know I can fall back or you know somebody's there to catch. You know, um, when you do things on your own. You know, and when you're establishing a new organization or you're maintaining and growing your organizations, you don't have that, yeah. right? And so 
to be able to pull it off, knowing that it was your idea and it happened and it impacted kids. And it's possible, it's hard as heck, but it's possible to do it yourself, you know, and that's such a motivating feeling um, and a bit addictive. And, 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 that's, and I want to give everybody that like, that like I've been lucky enough um, to be in a position where I've you know, been able to start up Puma and the foundation and, and with the help of so many people. Um, it's not rocket science. Like I am, my degree is nowhere near cyber. Yeah. But my, and, and I don't, I didn't go to, you know, a, a prestigious, you know, business school. Um, I learned along the way from amazing people mm -hmm. and uh, they gave me opportunities. And that's what this whole foundation is about is giving people opportunities. This is what we're doing with the kids in, in Pune. Um, you know, so for me, that's what, that was that piece that like really made it special. Like, mm -hmm. Nobody else had the idea, you know, so to speak. Nobody else, you know, knew the population. Nobody else, um, there was no fallback. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that was like exciting. And, um, and then just, just, and then meeting the folks, meeting the teams, you know, meeting you, working with you again, you know, and meeting Navi and, you know, and, and his whole team, um, just, you, you know, it was just special all around. There was deeper bonds were created than just the work. The word I'll take out of what you just said was addictive. There was a moment, if you remember, where we, we landed in India, we drove from Mumbai to Pune and we had dinner at Navi's house that evening. And we were just all reflecting on the three or four months that got to that point ahead of anything, the press, you know, the press launch or the, the, the launch day. But you could feel it in the room. There was emotion in the room. There was love in the room and mm -hmm. there were tears in the room of, of um, you know, of shock that we'd done what we'd done, of, you know, probably jet lag from getting you know across from wherever we got to but in that moment i'm like we do these big conferences we do these big events we do these big projects and campaigns for other people which is the choice that we make in working with the organizations we have the pillars that you talked about the the barriers the ceilings and when you do it on your own and you go oh i want to do that again because one it, it has so many good outcomes but two because of how it makes you feel you know to be able to go to work and feel that way is yeah. is addictive um so i wanted to pick up on that um you know you you talked i know that it was your first trip to india uh having been to everywhere else i know you have a love for indian food because everywhere we go we end up eating indian food uh, as as do i but you know when you went back home after that trip um what was it that you were telling everyone what were the stories that stuck with you one was obviously the school. <laughs> I mean, but I, I think there were probably you know, three stories that really stick out of my mind. Um, one was dinner at Navi's. Actually, you just you just highlighted it. Navi and I, I don't believe we had met in person yet. Um, and so we talked on the phone and it may have been video. Um, but, you know, we so we met for the first time at his house. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> um, that's not typical. I don't here. Um, and so, you know, the invite was come to my house, let me cook for you and the team. 
and let's just connect. Um, that was so powerful and such, you know, we talk about this trust topic again, you know, that is so trusting and it's, it builds the bonds that you're not going to get just on a 30 minute status update call or, you know, and so I'm really, you know, grateful that he opened his doors like that to, you know, his family too. It just wasn't the three, you know, three of us. Um, and so I, I think that was really powerful for me. Um, that meant a lot and um, just had a great time there. Um, so I'll never forget that. I think, you know, the second um, topic was really around, there was a time where we also went out to, um, a, a lack of a better term, almost like a plantation home, um, you know, a, a, a house, you know, in the country, in the mountains, actually. And we went there to, as a, almost like a mini retreat, you know, for half a day um, on the limited time we had <laughs> to relax. <laughs> um, and uh, <clears throat> there was a, excuse me, there was a tree plant. They, you know, we were at um, a gentleman's house and you, know, you probably have the details of, of the connections better than I will do now. But um, we ended up, uh, he opened his doors and, he, and not only that, but the person that owned the home said, hey, come out whenever you're in town, come. <laughs> um, and and that was really moving. And not only that, but you know, he wanted us to plant a tree there that would always be on the property. Um, and dedicate it to uh, people. And I was able to dedicate it to my kids. Um, and so that was really moving and a powerful gesture. Um, and then the third was around the, uh, the, the kids um, just at the school. It was just so fun, so interactive. The kids were just the happiest kids. I mean, and the key moment for me was being over the shoulder of one of the children as they typed in their first Google search. You know, that, I, even me, I, I've you know, used the talking points about making an impact. Mm -hmm. um, but until you're there, until you see it, and I've seen it with the foundation, and other, I've been lucky enough to see it in the foundation in other cases, but that's always moving. Like, and, and just to see the look on their face when they type in house and they pull up pictures of a house and it's the first time they've done it. Like, come on. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And um, I, I really hope that, you know, if um, that inspires you and, and kids, you know, getting access to tech and internet and learning and getting in a position where they can succeed in the future, if that inspires you, you got to, you know, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just so powerful. Yeah. So those are the, those are probably, if I were to pick three, those are probably like the, the top three kind of moments for me. So we're not we're not going to talk about your deli belly, no? That's not made your list. <laughs> All right, we'll not we'll not talk about that. That's fine. So you know we've been in regular touch with the school and the the teachers and the uh, be getting updates. We got an update yesterday uh, as well. And you know, not only are they using the lab that we set up because that was always the first nervousness is like we could do all this stuff if they don't use it. Every child is using the lab for an hour every single day. They now don't want to miss school alone because they don't want to miss out on their interaction and their opportunity, which is which is great. Um, but, you know, you talked about fighting chance. And this is one of the things that came out of the woodwork afterwards. The institution that's partnered up to support the lab delivery has a certification. And that certification happens 
for children a lot older, maybe five or six years older, to give them basic digital literacy certification. So then they want to go and go to universities or go to big jobs, they can prove that they do that. It's like a, it's something that the system gives them. These kids are not only now getting that, they're getting it way before their peers are. So they're going to come into that part of their life so far ahead as well. So giving them a fighting chance um, is just becomes so important. And, you know, we're lucky that we have all this stuff. But I think when you framed it as seeing someone do their first Google search, I hadn't thought about it that way. But we can't comp compute what that must mean to go from nothing to all, you know, to have the internet at your fingers. Um, so, you know, how how does it make you feel seeing that not only have we just put something up, but it's being used that they're learning, that they really engage and that they, they're loving the experience because it's yeah. it's one step further than what we even probably set out to do. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that's a critical part to, you know, any development slash, you know, project like this. I mean, it's, it's not just about building it. It's not just about putting a computer there. Any, honestly, Anybody could probably do it <laughs> when you think about it. Can I give a kid a computer? Yes, I can. You know, can you know? And but it's not about that. It's about a much bigger story. So it's about yes. Step one: get the computers in the room. You know, and a lot of work goes along with that. But the more important part is having them use it. You know, so we do have um, you know Akuma Labs, you know, program director locally there in Pune that visits the school almost every month. Um, actually, which um, is is great, and they spend a day there, and they make sure that the computers are in check. You know, we're just keeping tabs, uh, make sure the kids are enjoying it, <laughs> using it. The teacher has what they need, and and so we don't leave you know those kids behind, or just leave the computers behind and let them go unused. Mm -hmm. That part that you just hit to me is the most powerful thing that came out of this specific project, um, and I didn't even realize it until uh, we had a post re, uh, post call two months ago, like at this point, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Navi just said it offhanded. I was like, well, time out. <laughs> what did you <laughs> You've got to rewind. What did you just say? Yeah. Um, that, that was my, I, I didn't realize that. You know, I knew we were helping kids. I knew this was going to change, you know, hopefully change lives. But, um, you know, knowing that a lot of the population whether it's public or private, you know, in Pune, out, outside of Pune, um, across India, that you're not really getting computer literacy and like and access, so to speak, um, until maybe eighth, ninth grade, hmm. uh, for you know, comparison here in the U.S. Um, and these kids, we're giving them that opportunity almost in some cases, you know, eight years. In advance, or you know, six years in advance, and um, that is full stop. Like <laughs> people need to comprehend that. Like yeah. that is you know, that is so powerful that we're giving them this opportunity six years in advance of their peers, so to speak. Um, that's just it's mind-boggling. It's really powerful, and that you know is is the key. I think takeaway uh, of, of of this project it was just truly truly amazing that we we're able to do that and those kids are able to do it and um and i think most projects you know go need to go in with that kind of end goal is you know 
what's what's the true outcome here? What's truly changing? How are you impacting? And that's the key factor for this one. Um, that we used in this in this whole thing was conscious giving, and I didn't realize the depth of that that term until after the fact that you know being connected the fact that we're currently planning to go back in february towards the end of the year to to take the kids to take my kids and that constant relationship is where the value is but what's happening in that is then people are joining and having their own experiences like the it institute that are giving the certification they were just going to be our support but they've gone no why don't we do this because we could get from here to there like everyone's helping move it and that's the power of that community around this thing which i just find is is has made it evolve into this beautiful thing that we that on paper was good but it's just turned into being something that's great you know um you you've talked about your plans to extend the kuma labs in different regions do you want to just share it with us what that looks like and what what your plans are there yeah yeah i mean we continue to um provide educational experiences and activities to all the kids that are part of the Kuma Foundation. Uh, we've recently like launched a app to make sure that they stay connected um, cross-border. And we also um, are doing the web-based you know, uh, interactions with the professionals. And just, so we're gonna, we always maintain the relationship with the kids that we, that we impact um, here in the States or you know, elsewhere. For Kuma Lab specifically, um, we're looking to launch a Kuma Lab here in Virginia, which is you know an organization we've been working with for a number of years uh, with the, the exact population we want to help. Um, and then we also have two other locations that are looking to be overseas um, that we're in communication with. So right now we're absolutely looking to expand. You know we're not looking to expand quickly because as we know these projects are hard, yeah. but. Um, to, to launch, to have the space, the, just all of the factors that go into it. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just continued work, you know, with the foundation. The summer was outstanding, not just from the lab perspective. Um, we started kicking off a whole bunch of field trips where we pay for the transportation for kids, no matter where they're located, you know, to go to local businesses and experience, you know, whether it's wood cutting or music or what have you. Um, we did a number of those this summer. And um, so it's just the continued work uh, along you know, all those programs. Yeah, super important. Just, it would be great to, to see as those things move on uh, and be part of as well, no doubt. And yeah, just imagine a future where those kids are all interacting with each other across the world as well. And you know they've, they've got shared values and shared um, yeah. dreams as well, which is great. Um, have you have you picked up a cricket bat since India? Because I've got uh, <laughs> I've got some fantastic footage of you smacking the ball miles, um, which won it for us. In fairness, so yeah, I thought it might be something that stuck. No, <laughs> it, it did stick. It, it sticks, and uh, and I do. I, I'm not going to lie. That video, whoever caught that video, was <laughs> they knew was who the partners awesome. were. Yeah, they knew who was important. It actually made me look good. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, th that was fun. That was a great time and to interact with the teachers and the kids and the, the parents and everybody. That was so fun. Yeah, and you're right. I, I need a cricket. Is it called a bat? Is it a cricket bat? No. Oh, yes, it's called a cricket bat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I need one. I, I I need to put one up in the uh, in the house. I think uh, you do. I'll get you yeah. one when I go. Um, cool. So. 
Uh, we always ask everyone to share one positive message or quote that has inspired you throughout your life and continues to motivate you. What's yours? So many quotes, you know, have an impact. I'm an avid reader. Um, you know, I, I, I love to take bits and pieces from everywhere and just apply it to a mission. Um, one that I, actually, I wasn't going to call this one out, but I am now. Um, one I believe is the Roosevelt, you know, quote, man in the arena. Um, it's not really a quote, but it's a bit of a speech. And it just talks about how, you know, you, you really, you know, you need to be in it, you know, to, to uh, at least give yourself a chance, put yourself in the middle. Um, and, you know, also, you know, not criticize from the outside looking in. Like, and so I think that, you know, that, that speech was really impactful for me. In fact, I, I actually printed it on woodwork and sent it around to all the employees in the company. Wow. Everybody has one. Um, so I definitely, that has inspired me. I can't, it's not a quote because it's just, you know, it's a couple paragraphs, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's really strong. Read it, please. Um, but I, if I were to create a real small quote, it would probably be from um, Walt Disney. You know, he said something around, you know, the way to get started is to stop talking and to start doing. And, you know, I think that's so simple, but it's, and it's so true. Like, I wish I could just beat this one up. Like, like everybody just, they talk themselves out of things, you know, and, and, and I do it too, you know, and, or, you know, it's the paralysis by analysis, you know, you're just constantly thinking of the negatives or the impacts, what could go wrong? How do I overcome? How do I, you know, and, and you just got to trust yourself and trust the people that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, falling back on trust again. Like, you know, and that's that's what it's about. Just just jump in. Just start doing it. These kids, you know, now have the opportunity to jump in to tech and figure out if they're interested in, in a space. And, um, you know, the fact that, you know, this lab was launched, you know, by one person's idea, yours, you know, us providing some support and not being. You know, three, you know, three different countries, you know, and, you know, we didn't meet in person. I mean, you and I have met in person for other things over the years, but not on this topic, you know, and it was two or three phone calls and it happened. Like, you know, we didn't have huge budget meetings. We didn't have, um, you know, all the things that you think you need to launch a project, we didn't have it and we didn't do it and we didn't need it. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I think the key message is, you know, for me is it's just to stop, you know, talking about ideas and just jump in, you know, and, and try it out. And if you fail, you fail, you know, that's okay, <laughs> but you gave it a go. And so I think that's why I think that quote from Disney and the, and the Roosevelt, you know, story um, is really uh, what drives me. Yeah. I'm smiling because, uh, any of your team that listen to this as well, the fact that both of your quotes are action orientated uh, is just a true reflection of you. Like if I, if I think of anybody that just goes and gets stuff done, it's you. I always think about that when I, like you said, just overthink stuff. I'm like, what would Ray do? And actually you just crack on and figure it out in the mix. So yeah, thank you for sharing those. Um, I just want to say thanks, like one, for taking the time to chat to me, but two, for your partnership in this whole project and obviously just being um a great friend along along this in in general this raise the sunshine series is linked to the rainbow boosters project and kuma foundation and kuma labs we're supporting 
underprivileged children by connecting them to the internet and the community to ensure that they don't get left behind in a digital world. You can check out more at rainbowboosters.com. All the links are in the comments below. As I mentioned, this is the last episode in the first season. Uh, if you've liked it and you want to hear more stories of wonderful people, then let me know and we'll see about doing another season. Um, if you know of a ray of sunshine and you think that I should invite them on another season, then let me know. Uh, but for now, a massive thank you to everyone that's been listening and sharing your thoughts and feedbacks and comments. It's um, from from never having a podcast to then doing something with my friends and family and stuff. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, and just remember that a small boost can really transform a life. Thanks so much, Ray, and I'll speak to you soon. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you.